This podcast is a Tucker Media production. For more information, head to tuckermedia.com.au. Welcome to For the Shire, by the Shire. Each week, we speak to property and finance professionals working in and around the Sutherland Shire. Discover insider tips and tricks from the Shire's leading experts on how to get ahead in today's market. Introducing your host, Nathan Smith, the Director and Senior Mortgage Broker at the award-winning Birdie Wealth. Welcome back to another episode of For the Shire, By the Shire. Today I'm joined by Tanya Carlson and she's the Director of Amplify Wealth Management based down here in the Sutherland Shire. Uh, She holds a Master's in Financial Planning and has over 14 years of experience. Uh, Five years ago she started Amplify Wealth because she wanted to do advice differently. This is prior to the Banking Royal Commission happening, uh, but she could already suddenly see that the clients needed different needs. Her clients are generally local small business owners or employees on really good income that want to make smart decisions around their money. Uh, She specialises in self-managed super funds, which we'll talk through later, and works with a number of accountants in the area. She is qualified and experienced as uh, financial neutral trained in collaborative divorce, which is a great way to separate using lawyers and a team of experts to help preserve those family relationships. And uh, she also sits on two boards for collaborative practice in New South Wales. Tanya, welcome. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for coming in the office today. We uh, with so much to talk about today and uh, high heels and dollar bills are definitely going to have a chat through as yes. well. But um, I really appreciate you coming in and giving your time today. So uh, financial planning, it's got uh, so many different names and different titles. What drew you towards that field? Well, I'll be really honest, I actually fell into it, um, which I guess happens. Uh, in fact, I thought it sounded terrible boring when a friend offered me a job in a, fun, a local financial planning business and um, I had I was in between um, I think I just had my third child and was working in the city in recruitment for many years and decided that I needed a change so I joined a local uh, business and just fell in love with it from day one actually it was fascinating I was really enjoying the client connections and the work was really interesting. I've always been interested in investment markets and, yeah, there's just so much to it that I just felt irresistible, you know, which is which is a funny word to use. So I worked my way up in that business um, and became an advisor after a number of years um, and, yeah, that was sort of how I sort of grew into that position. And then at uh, five years ago you took the leap. Yeah. and uh, started Amplify Well. I did. And, you know, what a leap. It was, um, I guess, I'd, I'd had a number of years of experience as an advisor and I, I felt this was prior to the Royal Commission, but I just felt that there were some things that I really sat um, not uncomfortably with me, but I, I felt there was a different way of doing things. And I guess once you start to um, question some of the ways things are being done. I think you've got to be true to yourself and your clients and and get out there and do it the way that sits well with you. Uh, So we are a fee-for-service business. Uh, We don't charge a percentage of assets under management. That was the thing that I was really keen on being transparent in. And this was prior to the Royal Commission when it wasn't such a big deal. I think it's a lot more common nowadays. So I set about um, starting with zero clients and uh, just got out there and, and told people what I was doing. So that fee-for-service model, I just 
we well, I've heard that term a lot, but for those who haven't heard it, can you just explain what that means? Yeah, so traditionally a lot of financial planners will charge a percentage of the assets that they might manage for you. Uh, so if you've got a lot of money, they're making a lot of money, um, and if you don't have very much money, potentially they may not be so interested in looking after you. My fees are a flat package fee, and it's based on the client's complexity and needs at the time. It's negotiated with them during our discussions because it's very hard to know looking at somebody's position on paper what they're going to need from you and everybody's really different uh, some people want a lot of contact a lot of hand holding and other people are like look let's catch up once a year and you tell me what's going on and I'm happy with that so the fees have got to be according to what the client needs and, and what sort of level of contact they want and what sort of level of complexity they've got if they've got self-managed super funds and several trusts and three companies and all these sorts of things it's going to take us a lot longer to talk with their accountant and do all the reporting and so on that we need to do. Um, and we're really, my business has really been structured to hold compliance at the, the sort of top of what we do, whereas most people want to run away from compliance. It's really annoying and, and time-consuming. We've decided that um, if we put compliance at the top of the list and make it the most important thing, everything we do flows through um you know, in the client's best interest, just naturally. So it's it, it takes a little bit more time, but I think you get a lot more quality. So when should somebody go and see a financial planner? It's mm, a good question. I think it's different for everybody. I think there's three main life stages. So if you're starting out, you're starting to earn good money, your career's maybe starting to take hold, uh, you probably want to buy property. That's typically when most people feel like they're getting serious with their money and I think what happens is you might come and see you and, and get a, a mortgage and then go, my goodness, I've got all this debt, you know, I better take things seriously now. So if someone comes and sees us, then we're going to set up their foundations and make sure that they've ticked all the, the boxes that they need to tick. A more common stage is when people get really busy, uh, they're building their careers, they've got families, they've got a lot going on, they're just not really making time for getting around to looking at their money. They're, they're typically earning good money, probably spending it, most common thing we see. Because again, if you're not focused on something, you're not sort of, you, you've got this feeling like, oh, I'm earning really good money, but I don't know where it goes. What should I be doing here? So they might come and sort of say, look, we know we need to be doing things, we're just not sure what to do. Do we buy a property? Do we invest in the share market? Um, you know, I've got seven super funds floating around somewhere <laughs> what are we going to do about that so um you know they're it's sort of just streamlining things and getting clear on their goals um i like to start with the end game in mind so building it backwards what are we working hard for what are we trying to achieve and then um you know building a plan that's going to start to um flow through to that and then of course the most common time that people will come and see us is that i want to retire in six years time um how am i going to do that uh, and then we're really ramping things up. So there's merit to seeing a financial planner at a number of stages of life and as a planner, I assume, for you, the earlier the better, really? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really simple process. If you see someone, you know, in your 30s, getting to your ideal retirement is a simple process. It's just a couple of little steps that we tweak along the way and there's nothing major that needs to be done. If you come and see us at 58, you know, it's it's 
not necessarily panic stations, but it's like, wow, if you really want to retire now and get serious, we have to do a number of things. And you actually haven't got the luxury of saying, oh, I didn't get around to doing that this year. It's like the, the clock is ticking. So you have to sort of take a lot more um, focus and energy on that, which I think for people can be frightening. So the sooner you start, the, the easier it's going to be. I think the earlier you get there, right, you can just tweak that, tweak it yeah. just a little bit, and those small tweaks make a bigger difference. Exactly. You've got time You've got on time. Side. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. What do you think is holding people back from seeing a planner? Is, is there an intimidation piece to it? Is yeah, it just I think, that? I think you think people think they've got to be wealthy. Oh, I don't have any money, so I can't come and see you. Um, we help people make money. Mm. <laughs> so it's it's breaking down those barriers. Um, also, people feel embarrassed about their financial position or, or maybe don't want someone to tell them what to do. And so they're thinking, well, I don't want to go in there. It's like, you know, I don't want a personal trainer to yell at me, you know, so I won't go. Um, there's none of that that goes on. It's all developed with your goals and your way of doing life. If you if you like um, your coffee every day and, and, you know, shopping at Miranda on the weekends, I'm not going to tell you you can't do that. I'm going to show you some things that you could do to help you get ahead, but how you do that is going to be based on you, you know, and that's really important to understand. So fitting that plan around lifestyle really is yeah. important, isn't it? Yeah, it's a practical plan. Property and financial planning, how do these two fit together? I mean, we're, we're talking to people here about buying property in around the Sutherland Shire. What kind of role can a financial planner play in that? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. Um, it's one thing that... You know, I do a lot of in, in my business because I think property as an asset class is great. Um, if I could have my way, I'd have all clients have a property and shares. Um, so I like both. And there's there's reasons for liking both and there's reasons where, um, you know, property and or shares will be appropriate to someone. Uh, so it's a matter of talking with them about what their goals are. A lot of people, when I ask them why they want to buy a property, it's like, well, that's what there is. You know, I don't know anything else or I'm too scared or mum and dad have always done this or that sort of thing. So it's just understanding why they're buying a property, what, what it means for their wealth position, um, how they're going to use that property um, and, and how does it meet their goals and is, is that the only thing for you? Have we got some other options? Um, can we afford to do that? You know, we're taking on a lot of debt if, if we're going to be buying a property in this area, for example. Does that suit their scenario? Are they going to have children soon and lose a wage? You know, let's have a conversation about how that's going to fit in with their, you know, their long-term picture. Um, but I think it's a really important asset class and it's one that I think a lot of planners steer away from. Again, I think it comes back to that traditional fee model of not knowing how they can make money out of that. And I think that's where a lifestyle-based advice business is really important because we're not looking at how do we make money from this. We're saying, what do you need and how can we help you make money? It just takes advice out of one shares over property, doesn't it? It yeah. means you can give yeah. clear advice on what's best for their that's exactly right. yep. scenario. Yeah. Now, Everyone's got an opinion on shares. Everyone's yeah. got an opinion on super. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure the minute you tell people you're a financial advisor, they, they uh, give their two cents or their uncle's got a great opinion on, on what they should or shouldn't be doing. Yes. What's the worst piece of advice you've heard out there? I don't know that I can think of the worst piece of advice I've heard. Uh, I think a lot of people don't understand the share market and so they say, oh, you shouldn't invest in the share market. You're just going to lose your money. Um, my, my grandfather or my parents lost money in the GFC. I think for me the biggest reason for that is lack of diversification. So if someone tells you to go and invest in a company, uh, at the moment I think it's a real buzz 
um, because the market's been down, so we know it's on sale and, and there's a lot of opportunities and people are really looking at things like, oh, I've heard this tech stock's going gangbusters and it may be um, and it may continue to do so. But if you invest in one company, you need to know why you're doing that and what that company's going to do now and in the future and how it's going to continue to pay you dividends and other things like that. So I think diversification is key and not just putting all your eggs in one basket and, and thinking that this company is going to go from, you know, hero to hero. Um, and that's probably the most common mistake we would see people make. So less, uh, less speculative, more diverse portfolio. Yeah. And would you say we're probably a longer hold as opposed to these trying to flip and gain or that there's yeah. merit to that sometimes? It's, look, I think um, you've got to know what your time horizon is and manage your behaviour is actually more an interesting part because what happens when markets go in cycles, um, it's all very exciting. Uh, most people love me when I come along with my reports that say, look, you super, it's grown this much this year. Um, but that's the market doing what markets do and we know that if it's going to go up, for a, for a number of years, it's going to come down at some point in time. So positioning for that, mostly positioning behaviours because we all run off that uh, sort of fear and FOMO um, scenario. So we're, we, we want to get in when, when the going's great and we want to bail out as soon as it looks a bit scary. Um, and if you're bailing out, you're crystallising your loss and you're not being true to the reason why you invested in the first place, which is probably a 20-year plan or, or certainly sure longer than, than two years so that's something that I think people have to understand what they're investing in and why and how that's going to behave in different cycles and again diversification can really help people um, buffer some of those losses um, by the way they've structured their investments. Well I won't tell you how many times a day I open my app and have a look because ah, uh, I just cannot to do. I don't touch it but I just <laughs> I, I'm so tempted to just uh, check the day and, and yeah, uh, so sit on the couch in the afternoon and see what happens. Well so. you're patting yourself on the back or kind of no, going oh right. my goodness so yeah I think you know a lot of the time I say to people don't look especially you know in times like now when yeah. it's not as pretty as it normally yeah, will yeah. be um, best thing you can do is is not look because you it's like if you bought a property, um, you don't drive past it every day and go, oh, goody, oh, it went up $10,000 today. You you just know that when you come to sell that in 10 years' time or 15 years' time or whatever, that it's going, or it should be, worth more. That's exactly the same with the share market. There's no point logging in every day. That's right. You're not, you're not sending a value out every day, are you? No, Mine's a very basic app. It's green or red. And, uh, yeah, okay. and I'm Which hoping, for, hoping for more green days yeah, and red yeah. days. That's about it. <laughs> Is there any particular client or, or a scenario you remember that's particularly stood out? For me, I mean, the divorce cases are obviously very emotional and so they can really stand out for sometimes the right reasons and sometimes the wrong reasons. The, the, the right reasons are when people have taken advice during settlement and we've actually been able to show them why certain things might be really important to either keep or let go of. Um, typically, people don't want things to change and they're trying to hold on to assets, maybe not for the right reasons or, or a reason that won't suit their financial situations. That can really make a difference when we show them some modelling and say, look, here's A, B and C, and, and you can see the light bulbs go off and sort of say, wow, I could actually have a normal lifestyle if I let go of this and start again. There are times where we see people come to us where they've negotiated something that they've just needed to get out and they've really put themselves in a really difficult position. It's very hard for us to give advice 
once it's been done, so we can't. And, and, and then we might sort of have to look at making the best of that situation, but we really wish deep down they'd come and seen us earlier. We could have really changed that outcome. I think the most inspiring cases for me are when I work with small business um, owners. They're very busy, they're very entrepreneurial, they're very focused on their business. Um, the ones that are doing really well know that they need to be getting their money, working hard for them behind the scenes. And when we've been able to set up plans for them that um, – you know, need a little bit of attention from them maybe once or twice a year, um, but we keep that ticking for them. It's really exciting to see their successes and we hit those goals probably earlier than we thought we would have because they're doing well in their business and we're, we're helping them do well personally um, because a business can do really, really well for, for a number of years and for whatever reason change. And so what we're trying to help people understand is you run your business and do that really well. I'll help run your finances and make sure that behind the scenes you're personal wealth is also in such a healthy position as your business is so that should anything ever go wrong we've already built up this established base um, for you personally and you've got that sort of behind you that's pretty rewarding and exciting fantastic it's like the the mechanic who hasn't change oil in their own car yeah, kind of thing. Exactly. So their eyes are all on the business and they've got to make sure that they're... And it sort of has to be, right? You, it makes sense because mm. you've got to drive your business and we know as business owners it's seven days a week, 24-7, you know, there's always something to be thinking about, which is why a common issue is that people don't sort of look at their personal situation very often. Let's talk high heels and dollar bills. Yeah. Really exciting collaboration between four businesses in the Sutherland Shire. Take me back to where it all started and, and why did you decide to get involved? Great question. Um, I think Natalie got in contact with me via Antonella Sanderson, who's one of the family lawyers that um, I do quite a lot of work with and we're both uh, trained in collaborative practice. And she said, look, we're, we're thinking about doing something like this. Would that be of interest to you? And it it just hit so many you know, nerves on so many levels because I've been pretty passionate about working with women um, and helping people starting um, you know, out or over from financial divorce. Um, and it it just it, it also had that sort of really lovely human element by looking at um, Ali, who's a coach and uh, helps people on that sort of counselling sort of side of things. And I think we live in such a complex world that kind of combined all the issues that women, um, I guess, think about or worry about. You know, they worry about money and wealth. They worry about their relationships. They worry of what happens if I get divorced. Um, so it was just a great group coming together with all their knowledge and all of us are just so passionate, I think, about helping people and empowering people to make good decisions and understanding, educating, guiding. Yeah, it's, it's a great group. So we've got the panel of four women and it started as, I guess, I think it almost started just as a one-off seminar, yeah. uh, inviting people along to have a Q&A with, with you as a panel. Yeah. And we had over 60 people attend, it was great. great buzz in the room. Yeah. Uh, and from there, I guess, uh, the post follow-up meeting was hey let's let's keep this ball rolling let's go and that's converted now into a Facebook group so that's right. what happens within that Facebook group well um Natalie's very good at telling us when we have to do our posts um I'm probably the naughtiest member in that area <laughs> but um technology is not my strength but I'm getting better and uh, I think in that group it's just little snippets of information it's it's you know sometimes it's just a feel-good message sometimes there's something really uh, great that we want to put in there and contribute um it's just a sharing space uh, collaborating space and I think that's really important nowadays that people can just 
join in, follow. There's nothing offensive. There's no... There's no sell. No there's sell. There's no cost. Yeah, it no cost. just come, yep. get some information from in business group. owners, yeah. get sparked by a new idea, and the, the yeah. benefit to the owners is potentially you might work with those businesses. That's 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 right. Hard I mean, you can, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's their choice. Mm. The members can choose to do that if there's someone that resonates with them, and I think that's a really important piece that there's no hard sell, there's no... Um, you must come along once a month to our seminars or anything like that. It's tell your friends if you think this is going to resonate with them and um, hopefully get some good content and some good um, information out of those people that are that are putting things out there. Yeah, and look, seeing the content and seeing the way different industries bounce off each other, it's nice watching them work together and yeah. having, having advice tailored in one direction as yeah. opposed to conflicting advice. So that's what I kind of see the benefit to people of yeah. having. Yeah, a therapist talking with a family lawyer, talking with a broker and, and mixing all those exactly. together. Exactly. You wouldn't just... really think that goes together, but it actually does, you know, and it, it works really well. Oh, money and, yeah. money and relationships, is, yeah. there's a lot that goes into there's, that, there's isn't there? There's a big link, so, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, uh, we had another seminar lined up for March, I think it was, it was March, yeah. and, um, and obviously COVID put a hold to that, and so we went online. Yeah. Um, uh, probably a slightly more niche topic there, so we went more towards... Starting out, starting over. Mm-hmm. What, what's next? What do we see next from high years yeah. and dollar bills? Look, I think there's so many different directions we can go. We did talk about um, addressing each of those life stages because I think there's there's information in there for everybody. Um, in, in that sort of life stage environment, um, but I think also we've put it out to the members. What do you want to hear from us? And the feedback we got recently from that webinar was we just. We just love the information you're giving us and we want more. Um, so it's it's interesting to see that people are really enjoying the content and finding it really helpful. I spoke to one of the people that came along to the webinar the other day and she's like, oh, I've already sort of looked at my budget and, and you know, got some great tips and you know, next is on my agenda is, you know, trying to find all our super accounts. And, you know, that's really exciting to have someone actually feel like, oh, I know what to do here now. Um, so, you, you know, we're giving people some tips and, and, and um, I guess, guidance on what they should be focusing on, which is pretty rewarding. Yeah, from what I can see, it's really practical steps too. It's not right. its not an intimidating yeah. take on a whole plan. It's like, let's no. tweak a few little well, we things. We can't give advice on a webinar. We yeah. need to sit down with people and tailor it to their situation. So it's general advice, um, and that's just general knowledge. But you know what it's like. If you go and Google, um, how do I save money, you know, you're probably going to get a million references on how to save or so it, people just get overwhelmed and don't know where to start and I think some of the content that we've put in is just yeah, like you say practical steps yeah before we go I want some uh, some general advice tips as we said so a couple of tips so there's some key milestones in life I just want to get your a couple of points on each one and what you think some people can be doing if they if they connect with these kind of milestones so the first one is when you're younger so when, you, when you're still young uh, perhaps prior to starting a family what are some things from a financial planning perspective that we can be doing yeah look I think you know these are probably the obvious ones I mean building up a savings buffer is really important um, it's become more so since COVID I think you know I always go on to people about having sort of a savings buffer and everybody just ignores me. But um, I think this has really shown people like, oh, that's what it's for, this rainy day stuff, you know, which we we hadn't seen for a long time. And young people haven't experienced hard times. So that was a real surprise for people, you know, that your job could be there one day and go on the next. Uh, So having a savings buffer means that you've got something to fall back on. You, You can 
factor in well, what do I need to do here to be able to sort of survive this period of time um, but also it's teaching you some good habits if you are wanting to save for a home that you're sort of learning how to put that money away in a consistent way because it does take discipline it's probably one of the hardest things you'll ever do saving for a deposit um, but it, it gets easier the more you get into a routine um, I think that translates also to super super is pretty boring when you're 25 um, and it shouldn't be a primary focus at all because you've got so far ahead um, before you're going to retire. But for women in particular, they're going to take some time off traditionally for, to raise a family or maybe look after elderly parents. So they're going to have some gaps and, and there's some you know, gender equality differences in pay um, that, that leave us a little bit behind. So perhaps you know putting a small amount of money into super, even if it's once a year, and, and if you're eligible for the co-contribution or something like that, you can sort of start to sort of pay a little bit of attention to super early on. It will magnify your position down the track. That's probably the key, key pointers. And that second stage we're going to talk about is when people are getting busy. So you've called it the pathway to wealth. So yes. Life's getting a bit busier now and we're starting to want to build that nest egg up. What are we doing at that stage? Look, if you've got equity in your home, you can look at a number of strategies. Um, again, it's, you know, how, how solid are our careers? Um, what's happening? Are we, are we finished having our children? Have we got more coming? So we're having a, a drop in income to the household because, you know, um, your partner's got to take time off to, to have babies and, and care for them. So we've got to look at what's achievable from a cash flow point of view. Most people don't want their life impacted too much. They still want to be able to go on that annual holiday or go out to dinner occasionally, etc., or afford a babysitter so that they can have a little break. So it's a matter of looking at your budget very carefully and sort of deciding what have we got in surplus. And then rather than putting it in cash, but maybe it's not going to do much growth, let's put it into assets that are going to grow over time. So whether that's shares and property, uh, your super, etc., etc., that's going to depend on who you are, what your goals are at the end. But basically, investing in growth assets is key at that life stage. Excellent. And that last group uh, that we've got, countdown to retirement. So uh, what are we doing at that stage? Look, hopefully you've paid off your home or you're very near to it. Um, so that's that's going to be the foundation to your wealth is owning your home. And then we've got superannuation. It's, it's the most boring word but it's a very exciting structure and it's going to really look after you in your retirement so um, helping people build their super and get the majority of their wealth in that environment because once they turn 65 they can um, access that money tax-free so that's a pretty big incentive so looking at um, how we can do that um, putting as much into super there's caps and rules and regulations that you've got to be careful of so just working around some of those options and um setting a strategy in place along with their chosen timeline. I'm sure those laws change year to year, week to week yeah, sometimes. I so. think that's the hardest thing is it's a changing environment. So what you thought you knew last year is, is a different story this year. Um, so, you know, again, just seeking regular advice. If you're on that countdown to retirement, you should be meeting with your planner once a year and, and just checking that nothing's changed or your situation hasn't changed that's put, put that plan sort of out of whack. But, yeah, it's yeah, keeping up to date is hard. Tanya, thank you so much for coming in today. I really so appreciate your insight into the industry and some really clear and practical pointers there for people going forward. Where do they find you? We're located in Carring Bar. Um, so we're in Denman Avenue. Um, we've got a website which helps people amplify wealth.com.au. Um, and yeah, we'd love to, love to chat with anyone that's interested. This podcast is for general information only. 
It contains brief comments not intended to be the basis for decision making, nor to be taken as a substitute for specific advice. Please contact Birdie Wealth to discuss any matters that may be relevant to your individual situation. For more information, go to www.birdiewealth.com.au.